Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by DJ and One Extra presenter, Jams Supernova. Uh, Jams, thanks so much for joining us today. How are you and uh, whereabouts are you joining us from? So I'm joining you from my house in South East London. Um, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm just, um, yeah, the household's got COVID. So we've been, we've oh, been no. kind of locked down and isolating at the moment. Um, but yeah, Sorry other than that, that. I, yeah, I just need to be free by, by next weekend and I'm yeah. good. Oh, brilliant. Well, ho- hopefully that'll be the case. And uh, yeah, I hope you're not suffering too badly with it. No, no, not at all. Uh, oh, good to hear. So, um, in just over a week's time, uh, Six Music Festival returns after a couple of years off, obviously due to COVID. Um, it's heading to Cardiff this year. Um, I mean, first of all, how much are you kind of looking forward to, to actually getting out and doing a, another Six Music Festival? And what will your sort of involvement be with the festival this year? What can you tell us about your activities um, around the show? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so excited. I think um, just one to be sort of like in another in another place, you know, outside of um, of being in London and broadcasting a um, new broadcasting house. Um, so going to get get to spend some time in Cardiff, and I haven't actually spent much time there. So I love it when you know I've been working at the BBC for for many years now, um, not just on air, but I've always loved it when we do um, festivals in, in in various different places because you literally go there, you pitch up for for a weekend or for five days and you really immerse yourself in in the city that you're, you're, you're taking over. Um, so I'm excited to, to see what Cardiff has, has on offer. And in terms of the festival, I mean, um, yeah, it's always a great lineup. I, I, I played at the one that was just before the lockdown. So in March 2020. Okay. And that was the that was that was just before the world went crazy. So I think that even even then you could kind of see where the festival was heading with some of the with some of the lineup and the curation and kind of broadening out a little bit. But then I feel like with this lineup, it's like full force. You know, Six Music's been through um, you know a, a bit of a change over the last couple of years, and I feel like this lineup is a is a really great representation of all of what Six Music encompasses. Yeah, absolutely, it's, it is a phenomenal lineup. Um, and it's so eclectic. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, will you be performing at the festival? Or are you going to oh, be yeah. doing any kind of broadcasting from there? What's your uh, what's your like your role, if you like, at the uh, festival this year? Yeah, I'm pretty busy. So um, I am on the Friday. I'm doing some hosting. I think I'm I'm, I'm introducing a couple of acts. Um, I think the ones that are playing at um, St David's Hall. I'll be down there um, in, 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 in introducing some of the acts from there. Um, and then on the Saturday, I'm doing my show, which goes out at 1pm live from the festival. I've got Elka joining me. Um, Elka's this amazing electronic artist. She's actually um, from Cardiff. So it's kind of like, yeah, we're going right. to her hometown. She's going to come on the show. We're going to have a little chat, which will be in front of an audience. And then we're going to do a back to back. And then the Saturday night I'm playing, I think I'm playing at the Tramshed Club. I'm playing um, with Craig and I'm playing with Namone. So that should be really good. So, yeah, um, lots going on. I'm going to be running around and, yeah, yeah. Waving, waving my mic everywhere. Yeah, amazing. I mean, are there any um, artists or acts that you're especially excited about seeing this year? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I wish I could, like, split myself <laughs> in half and see uh, see most people. Like, I really, I'd love to see Idols live. I've not seen them live. and I know that, that that's just going to be 
you know, full of energy. Um, also, Little Sims is playing. And I think that after the couple of years that she's had and the music offering and being able to see that in the flesh, I think it'll be a real celebratory moment. Um, Obong Jaya as well, I think he's playing on the Saturday. I'd love to rave on the Friday night um, with the with Shirelle, um, Tom Ravenscroft, Overmono, Afrodeutsche, um, Elka, as mentioned, that's happening at Tramshed. Um, Abayi, I love Abayi and I haven't had a chance to see them live yet. I mean, like, literally, I think I could literally keep on going. Karang Bin, Ezra yeah. Collective, like, I'm going to have to almost, you know, when you're at Glastonbury and you're on a mission and you've got to leave people behind, like, I'm going to have you know, the timings written down and I'm just going to go on a solo mission to watch as much as I can. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, what's, um, what's your view on the kind of city based festival versus, you know, being out in a muddy field somewhere? Do you, do you kind of enjoy the the whole Mm. city setting for a festival, being able to kind of hop from venue to venue or pub to pub or whatever it is, you know, um, how does that kind of compare you with with more you know kind of a traditional type festivals if you like yeah I mean I always love I'd always love being at, uh, in a field and kind of being locked in and feeling like you're like you know that that's the world for that for that weekend but mm. I do think um being in a city has its has its pros to it I think obviously it's a lot more inclusive you know um you have the yeah, it's a lot more inclusive with the kind of people that are around the people that can kind of come to it as a festival is kind of like you know, you can only, if you have to have a ticket for the whole thing, whereas people can get tickets for individual venues, which I think is nice. So there's more opportunity for mingling and and stumbling across, you know, if you can't get into that venue, can you get into this venue? Okay, cool. Well, I don't know who these people are, but I'm still going to watch it anyway. And you might leave as a new fan. Mm. Um, And I do think there's something about being in a city and not maybe potentially knowing it that well and following your maps and having your rucksack on and, and going on a bit of an adventure mm. um, to find these venues and trying to get there on time. So, yeah, I think they both have their have their pros and you just got to throw yourself into it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how how important do you think it is uh, for for like the cities that are hosting something like the Six Music Festival? Like what kind of opportunities does that throw up for artists and sort of local talent in the area? Does it kind of offer a a great kind of opportunity for them to get a bit of exposure in front of some sort of influential people, whether it's people such as yourself, you know, presenters mm-hmm. from the station from across, you know, uh, BBC radio stable. Um, and how kind of, how important is it for bringing potentially like new audiences and people to them that they might not, they might not otherwise, otherwise get, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think it's, I think it's really important. I think that's kind of why, you know, obviously I can't, I don't always know the inner workings of the BBC, but I think that is partly why they pick certain cities for different reasons. You know, it's not about going for your obvious cities and just doing the, you know, the the, the sort of major cities and, and bouncing around them. They always try and go that little bit further afield or, um, you know, go somewhere that they haven't been before. Um, and I think it's sort of on a on a, a variety of degrees. It's not just the talent, but I think infrastructure-wise, business-wise, um, kind of, you know, bring in bringing people there shouting about somewhere and hopefully bringing like, you know, money as well, you know, into the city. And I think for the talent as well. Yeah. I've always found it like from a, from a radio point of view, being able to get involved with the local radio stations as well is sort of, you know, it's invaluable. Sometimes we're in such a bit of a bubble um, being in London and being, um, you know, central London and, and, and up high. It's like, I think you have to go there to kind of get on the ground and that's the only way that you're going to, 
hear about um, new talent. And like, for example, I think a good actor that I think um, I'm pleased to see on the lineup, and I think that that's partly due to the locality is someone like Adea. Mm. Um, today, I think she won the Welsh Music Prize. I know that Hugh Stevens has been shouting about her, um, and to see her on the lineup, it just makes it makes complete sense. So I think it's like a a good exchange between the talent and and the BBC. It's like, okay, cool. Who's already here? Who can we who can we shout about and shine a light on? Um, and then who can we bring as well? Yeah, amazing. I mean, I also wanted to ask you a little bit about your mm-hmm. show on One Extra. Um, you know, it's an incredibly eclectic sort of mixture of music that you play on there. There's everything from alternative R&B to new wave jazz. There's all sorts of electro um, artists and acts that come through there as well. I was wondering who are some of the, I mean, first of all, how exciting it is for you as a fan of that kind of music too, mm-hmm. and those styles to be able to kind of see the sort of talent that's coming through in that world and help sort of introduce that to, to new audiences and, and similarly, how excited have you been by some of the talent that you've seen so far this year coming through? Yeah, I mean, I love that show and I've been doing it for for six years now. And it's kind of like, you know, it, it's kind of like almost like um, autopilot in a sense, not in a complacent mm. way, but in a way that, uh, you know, it, it just constantly replenishes itself each week with new music and there's never a drought um, of artists to play there. And I, and I think what's been interesting is going from those artists feeling a little bit maybe like outside of the box to becoming, I guess, mainstream artists over the last six years. A lot of the people that we were shouting about um, and saying this is something new and this is something different is actually kind of now, I guess, I guess in some ways, it is mainstream in in some ways, you know, in terms of what the mainstream alternative, you know, in terms of what people are going to seek out on their Spotify or on their Apple Music. These artists have got millions and millions and millions of plays now. Um, so for me, it's always a kind of about going to that next layer and being like, right, okay, we've 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 taken our journey with Green Tea Peng, for example, as far as we can take it. You know, who is the next Green yeah. Tea Peng? and kind of resetting and and going again. And I, I took the first month off of the year because I had a had a baby. So um I've only been back on air since February. Um but again it's just been yeah like loads of loads of really, really great albums. Um we have this feature called the After Dark Discovery and it's like really simple. You just the idea is you turn on the radio and you discover someone new and they come on and they just kind of give you like a brief lowdown um on, on who they are. And yeah, already that we've had some some really great names. Um, just the other night, we had a, a young girl with the name of Grace Cladner, mm. and she's kind of yeah, I guess um, it's uh, yeah R and B electro in that kind of kind of weird weird space. Um, let me get up my my little thing so I can see who else that we've had on. Um, yeah, really excited that we've had a producer called um, Ben Hawkon. We've been able to support talent from all around the world as well. So, like, we've got this French group who I'm obsessed with. I actually went down to to watch them play the other night. Um, and they're playing the Great Escape Festival. They're called Kez Kez, mm. which is 15-15. I was calling them Quincy Quincy yeah. for about a year. <laughs> and there's a Turkish artist called Amir Tahar. So, yeah, I mean, it's just... Um, it's a joy to be able to to support the music. And I think it's more of a community. Like the music's already out there. It's just about me kind of wading through the thousands of releases that come out every week and bringing you the best options. I mean, how, how exciting and how sort of rewarding is it when you see uh, a new artist come through on one, on your show and you kind of 
provide that little bit of a platform to kind yeah. of, you know, introduce them to a wider audience. And then you see them sort of take off and just grow as, you know, part, partly as a result of the platform that you've provided through the show. You know, you mentioned, you know, idols earlier. It's like they were a great example of that on Six Music yeah. um, as an artist that came through and they got a lot of exposure on there and they've gone on to become, you know, had like number one, you know, been number one on the charts and stuff like that they've really mm-hmm. taken off from that platform how how does that make you feel as a presenter and as a kind of curator if you like uh, when you see someone come through that's that's really flown after being given that support yeah I mean I always think of it like we're just we're a, as for radio we can't really always break people anymore because there's so much you know so many other other platforms and so many so many different routes now but I like to think of us like, as like a cog in the wheel to someone's success and it it's not necessarily just about playing you want it's about that mm. continued play and it's about giving the artist a space not just for their music but for their voice as well to come on and talk about the music that they're making and I love to like really go deep on like how the music was um created the process in the studio what does this mean what does that mean and I hope that that turns the listeners of my show to that person from being like this is cool to actually hearing them being like no I actually really like you because I get where you're coming from now and I understand why you've done this and this and this and this makes sense so now when I go away and listen to your album I have a whole new um, level of listening to it and then when you see them you know the artists that we have been sort of there from the beginning go on to do great things I think it's just kind of reassuring in one that we're that my gut's right Mm. (laughs) because sometimes it's supporting artists just on, on a whim um, there's no machine or there's no one telling you to play them. It's just because I want to and I like it. So I think it's reassuring to remind me to kind of like block out the noise and just focus on what I, I genuinely yeah. like and love on the show. And I think it's just kind of collectively for the community of artists that we play, that I mentioned before, that kind of sit outside that box. I think it's just proof to to keep on doing you. And that it might take a little bit longer than you know than than making music that's popular at the moment in the moment, but I think you will have a more long-standing career yeah. out of it. So I feel like when we see them, it encourages that next artist to come through and to be a little bit different and be a little bit more daring. Yeah. So yeah, I think I just think it all kind of it all kind of feeds feeds itself and feeds. You know, I'm never like that artist wouldn't have blown up without me. I definitely don't no. think like that. But I I'm it's rewarding to be a part of their journey and to be mentioned alongside them, you know, it's an honour. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I, I do think it's really interesting, I think, because as, as you said now with streaming platforms and all the various different ways there are, of you know, for people to discover music now, does that make the role of people such as yourself, does it, does your role become even more important in some ways now? Mm. Because whereas, yeah, there are, you know, infinite ways of discovering new music, whether it be through your streaming platform, whether it's through YouTube, whatever it may be. Does that mean when you do tune into a radio station, if there's a particular genre or a particular style of music that you like to listen to and you go to a particular station for it, that that person kind of providing you with music almost becomes more important now because that's like a a trusted kind of guide. It's like, okay, there might be algorithms out there and various kind of uh, tech-driven patterns to kind of feed new music to me, but when I do find someone who I kind of relate to mm-hmm. uh, and their presenting style or whatever it may be, they become even more valued in some ways or more valuable than, than perhaps ever before. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not saying I necessarily I, think that it's just, I'd be curious to know what you think about that. I do think that, you know, and I, I've definitely, I remember, you know, a couple of years ago being on panels and it was all always about the algorithm versus the presenter. Mm. Are we, are we being made redundant? And I think the pandemic actually proved, no, we're not redundant. 
um, because people still want that warmth and want that uh, and want something contextualized. Um, you know, like I said before, so much music comes out every single week. And for the average person, it is overwhelming. Like my, my boyfriend said it last night. He's like, oh, I've got Spotify anxiety. He wanted to cook to something and he didn't know what to cook to. And then I feel like that's why, you know, on the One Extra show specifically, that's why I, I launched this feature. It's just called The One. And it's basically my one recommendation. If you do one thing in the next seven days, listen to this project. Or it might be a project, an EP or an album or a mixtape. Mm. Um, and then he's actually been listening to it all week yeah. whilst we've been in lockdown. I've been hearing it all around the house. The, the project that we picked was Fatima and Joe Armand Jones. Um, so it works, you know? So when you have that <laughs> Spotify anxiety, what did Jams tell you to listen to this week? At least give it a go. You might hate it, but yeah. it might be it might be something that you fall in love with. But I do think our, uh, our roles are even more important to kind of, and not and and to and to go that extra mile, you know. If music is so readily available, um, we should be doing all that we can to really go that extra layer to find the, the best music. It might not it doesn't have to be the newest music, but what's the best music? You know, how to, can we create the show? I could just be like, I could go on New Music Friday and play you everything that's already out, mm. or I could really think about how the songs go into each other. What are the stories that I can tell about the artist? How does that artist connect to that artist? And I think that there's, that's the craft that I'm tr- and that I'm trying to get better at because I think it's a better listen for you, and I think it's a it's a better way of presenting the music for the artist as well. Mm. And again, going back to that way of turning people not just from passive listeners but into actual fans, and that's what Six Music's great for because the listeners to Six they really listen with a different ear. Um, they're open, they're curious, and they're probably going to go away and buy it as a nod and as a gesture to say that I like what you're doing. Um, please keep on making music, and here's a gesture of my, you know, my appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I also uh, just wanted to ask you about uh, your record label because I know the last mm-hmm. year you launched a record label, uh, Future Bounce. Um, what can you tell us about that? How's that been going? How are you finding running a running a record label? Yeah, I love it. It's it's you know what it's a it's a really again that's I guess the word is rewarding, but you know it, it is. Otherwise, I wouldn't do it because it's so much work. Um, it is it's a it's a it's a great part of, of what I do, and I I didn't you know like when as a presenter and as a DJ, it's very like singular. It's very much about you and what you do, and you know me 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 kind of thing. And I think with the label, you actually have to take a back seat because it's about the artist and the label is the vehicle, but mostly people care about the artist. And I, and I didn't, and I, and I feel as happy for my artists when they get, you know, successful moments, whether it's a feature or a play that they weren't expecting or, you know, a moment in the campaign as I would if it was myself. Um, And I love those wins and I love taking those artists and being like that, that megaphone for them and being like, Oh my God, we've got you in DJ mag or, you know, colors have just blogged about you. Um, and I know that it, for them, it's really it's, it's it's exciting, and it and it and it's it's a it's meant to be a launch pad. We're not meant to hold artists and keep them, and you know, and own them. It's just meant to be like we like what you do. Shout about you now. Go away and do do more amazing things. Um, so I have like two tiers of the label. So I've got like um, sort of longer term development, and then I have a club series. So the club series we have releases that come out every single month from my favorite producers kind of made strictly for the dance floor we've got one just came out with an irish producer called poison sakura he's also part of lunch money life um and 
yeah, it's just every month they just keep on rolling. Then you get a compilation out at the end. And then the sort of longer term development is kind of going back and forth with, with artists and putting together larger projects, whether it's a, a four track plus EP or an album and kind of really getting stuck into the, the A&R process um, of getting their records to, to where they need to be. And I've been working with an artist called Sola, who I think's amazing. She's kind of got this like really deep, Desiree's style voice and her productions like Burial and Timberland. And then we've just signed this um, duo from South Africa called um, this Jumping Backslash is one of the artists. And then um, Danny is the vocalist and it's very sort of port his head um, kind of Bristol in a sense. And it's just weird orchestral moments, but they're moments that are like really sort of aimed towards the dance floor. So yeah, it's just exciting. And we're just um, sort of ramping back up as the year, as the year's progressing and trying to, just get as much music out as possible. Um, and I guess it's always a, what's the best strategy, isn't it? You know, like yeah. we just talked about it from a radio point of view, but how how can we get more people listening to these artists? And that's something that I'm always trying to tweak and, and, mm. and crack the code of. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, you know, sounds amazing. And um, I wish you all the, all the best with the label as well. <laughs> it must be a lot of work uh, kind of managing all of that. But um, yeah, yeah, it's fun though. It, I hope you... Um, I hope you're uh, fit and well enough to, uh, to kind of fully enjoy the Six Music Festival yeah. uh, next weekend and uh, and that you make a, a swift recovery. But it's been um, a real pleasure chatting to you. Thanks so yeah, much thank for, um, for for coming on the show with us. And um, yeah, hope to, uh, hope to speak to you again soon. Oh, thanks for having me. Cheers. Headliner Radio, supporting the creative community.